Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Today we're going to continue our study in Acts chapter number 2 in the Acts transition part number 10. And today we're going to look at verses 37 through 41. 37 through 41. So let's start out in verse number 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? So what we see here is as a result of Peter's words, they are now convicted by the accusation that they had just killed God. And they ask, rightfully so, what can we do about it? What do we need to do now? And then in verse 38, Peter said unto him, Repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall, excuse me, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So anybody can clearly tell here that Peter's response was not one of grace. He did not say, just believe in the death and the burial and the resurrection. Instead, he said, you, every one of you, need to repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. We need to remember that the offer of the kingdom that was given here in Acts chapter number two required national acceptance, not individual, national acceptance. This is very different than the gospel that Paul preached. If you look over in Acts uh, 2, uh, verses 25 through 31, notice the story. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from his sleep, and seeing the prisoners' prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried out with a loud voice and said, Do thyself no harm, for we all we are all here. And then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling, and he fell down before Paul and Silas. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You see, it must be understood that while under the gospel of the kingdom that Peter preached, national repentance was required. However, under the gospel of grace, which Paul preached and you and I preach today, it was simply an individual's belief that was required. Unbelievable how this has confused so many today in the body of Christ. We are under the gospel of grace. We are not under the gospel of the kingdom. Um, it's also worth pointing out here that Peter told them that they, must repent and be baptized to receive the Holy Spirit. However, later when God commanded Peter to go to Cornelius in Acts chapter number 10, you know the story. Peter was a Gentile. I mean, Cornelius was a Gentile. And Cornelius received the Holy Spirit simply by believing. In Acts chapter 10, verse number 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. Did you see it? They received the Holy Spirit simply by believing. No repentance required, no baptism required. 
Now, I'm not sure that Peter totally grasped what was going on in Acts chapter number 10 because even after that, he felt the need that the guy needed to be baptized. And this was obviously, I believe, just a glimpse that God was giving to Peter that the Gentiles were also going to be saved, but not in the same way. Because understand, God's initial plan was that the nation of Israel would repent and it would be a light to the Gentiles. And I'm not sure what was going through Peter's mind when he saw Cornelius, a Gentile, being saved. Because obviously Peter did not know the gospel of grace because it had never been shared with him because it had not been shown to Paul yet. So Peter was still in the gospel of the kingdom mindset. But I think as far as Peter was concerned, he was just thinking, yeah, that's right. You know, God's going to use the Jews to reach the Gentiles. So, but again, I I don't know what Peter was thinking, but God was certainly giving Peter a glimpse that the Gentiles were going to be saved. Of course, in Peter's mind, sure, through the nation of Israel. But of course, ultimately, it wasn't through the nation of Israel. It was the birth of the church. Look at verse 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off as many as our Lord God shall call. Now at this point, many would immediately assume that this verse is referring to Gentiles. It's not. Peter's not talking to Gentiles. We are still in chapter number 2. Peter had not been even introduced to Cornelius yet. He didn't even have a clue. Nor had Paul been raised up yet. Those who are far off could not have been understood by Peter to be Gentiles. But Jews who were still still scattered to the nations as a result of the diaspora, which refers to Jews who were still living outside of Jerusalem. Understand, this was a Jewish deal at this point. And again, when we start placing Gentiles into this picture, when we start saying this is the birth of the church, That's replacement theology as far as I'm concerned. It's a misunderstanding of Scripture. And then notice in verse 40, And with many other words did they testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. The untoward generation is referring to the Jews who still did not believe. And then in verse 41, Then they gladly received his word and were baptized. No mention of belief. They were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayer. So, as a result of Peter's message, only, and I say that, only 3,000 received it, repented, and were baptized, and added to the assembly that was continuing to grow there in Jerusalem. Understand the Jerusalem church, the Jerusalem assembly, or the Jerusalem synagogue was Jewish. This is not to be confused with the body of Christ that would later develop under the teachings of the Apostle Paul. And bear in mind, this offer of national salvation to Israel was not an individual offer. It was being rejected by the nations, not necessarily by the nation, not necessarily the individual. I mean, 3,000 came forward, but that wasn't enough. The number alone suggests that most did not believe. Because later in Acts chapter 4, in verse number 4, we're told that their total number had risen to be 5,000. 
Now, I did a little bit of research, and it's hard to pin down a number, but historically, there were at least about 250,000 Jews in Jerusalem at this time. And again, I, I can't bet the bank on that number, but based on what I've read, there was certainly more than 5,000. I mean, some historians say as many as 250,000 or more. So you've only got 5,000. This gospel of the kingdom, this offer of the kingdom, was being soundly rejected by the nation of Israel. Thank you for listening today. I also serve churches in the areas of pulpit supply, conferences, retreats, and revivals. If I can be a service to you and your ministry, I would love to hear from you. 